Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hey, you're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs with me, Giles Bidder. It's the podcast where we hear from bands and artists about what playing music has meant to them, how much they've been able to prioritize it, and what it really means to write songs, play shows, release records in a perpetual way, in a perpetual existence. Because everyone's got a different story. Everyone's coming from different backgrounds and has different tales to share. On today's episode, we got Katie Gregson McLeod, who's today released her new EP, Big Red, set all around the late night bar on Holloway Road. She speaks a lot about how the name came about and how the name came from the lyrics, really. She realized that one short-lived relationship was a kind of concise story that was perfect for an EP. And so she set the videos there, the video for Your Ex, uh, which she tells about here, where she is uh, getting gradually half cut drunk throughout and yeah look, I think when a song like Complex that came out last year uh, fired Katie into the stratosphere basically that's a, that's a whole kind of storyline in itself besides all the total surprise and joy there's going to be a bigger task there to keep it going to keep releasing great songs and keep that initial fire in a bottle freedom that a song like Complex has that's the crux of this show that really plays into this idea of 101 part-time jobs and when you've got something good the big job is keeping it there and having fun with it and katie is clearly doing that with big red big red is such a brilliant record it's so full-hearted wide-eyed it's got that real journaling feel that that captures our hearts and imaginations and i'm buzzing on it i know i'm not alone thank you so much for listening to 101 part-time jobs got some amazing episodes in front of us with Buck Meek from Big Thief, Jack Stedman from Bombay Bicycle Club, uh, Pip Blom, Fiddler, Snail Mail, Baby Queen, Jelani Blackman. So if you like any of those names and you want to be notified as those episodes come out, it's simple. Subscribe. When you subscribe, when you click that bell of a button on Apple or Spotify, not to be rude, you get episodes come through to you every day they come out. So subscribe to the show. And if you've got a second or feel really philanthropic today, you can leave a rating or a review and I'll be in debt to you forever. Thank you so much. All right, before we get into this chat, I'm here with Rebecca from Eka, brand ambassador for Ampolo, which is a great free app for musicians. Rebecca, could you tell us a bit about Ampolo and who's using it and why and when? So I've been using Ampolo for a few months now. You can upload any song. So I've been using, I've been playing around with some Eka bits or um, I'm a saxophonist. So I play a lot of Charlie Parker and things like that. So anything goes really. And it demixes it within under a minute. So I can take out that part. So especially Especially for jazz use case, if I'm wanting to improv, you know, myself, I'm not then stuck with Charlie's solo. <laughs> Said no one ever, <laughs> but it means that I can. It means that I can experiment with my own, which is really, yeah. really, really cool. Um, and alongside that, I'm kind of filming myself, seeing what I'm, what I look like. 
So it's great, and you're kind of recording that and then sharing it. It's a little bit of that kind of digital, you know, practice room board. We're looking for a drummer, we're looking for a guitarist, you know, with alongside all these super cool tools. And I'm using it for all the different instruments I play. And it's out now, Ampolo, it's out there to be had. No downsides. No downsides, yeah. Go download it and I'll see you in there. All right, here's Katie Gregson McLeod on 101 Part-Time Jobs. Cheers. 101 Part-Time Jobs. This show, I started it a few years ago because lots of my friends were playing music. And, you know, as teenagers, and we grew up like where in a place where there was gigs happening and there was this kind of ecosystem, you know, it was like, People were promoters, people would work behind the bar at venues, people would play music, people would run record labels. And I think at some point I thought like, anyone who can carry on doing this past like the studying age, you know, where you've got like the buffer of a student loan, anyone who can carry on past that is incredible. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because it's such like a mindset thing to be able to kind of prioritize your music is such a, it's such a, a huge thing. Yeah, no, I feel like, I mean, also, this is my first year of kind of doing it for real. Um, yeah. I was in, I was in uni until last August, September. So it's like, yeah, I'm still kind of in that period of um, adjusting to the fact that this is technically my job. Yeah. And um, it's, it's very bizarre. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know why anyone would choose to do it, but we're doing it. <laughs> why, why is that? just such an it's an insane industry as you say like it's just um such an intense place but i mean we we all love it i mean yeah. it's like we i think most of the people most people that do i mean anyway all i can speak for is my kind of role which is like writing and stuff and the only reason we do it is because it's like the only thing we we, we would we would do but, yeah um yeah, you'd be yeah. doing it whether whether it whether it was kind of full time or not. Whether it was good or not, whether it was doing well or not, like uh, it's gonna happen either way. But now and again, I mean, I'll like you know, I'll look at my old history books and I'll be like, maybe I should have just st- stuck with Stalin. Um, yeah. But no, I'm yeah, I'm I'm doing it now, and it's bizarre to think now and again. I'm like, wait, this is my job, like doing the most yeah. random shit, like. You know. Well, right now, like what you're feeling right now and over the last year, you'll never have this again exactly the way it's been. You know, this is such a one-off time. It's a very special time. Yeah, it feels like, like, I mean, I was just in the thick of it. Like, I feel like it was just, yeah, I mean, not to a hundred... And I always, like, the word overnight is chucked around a lot, but it really was overnight. And, like, going from, like, being a barista and a student and obviously working in music and stuff, but um, it was all kind of a very abstract idea. And, and the idea of success was very different. And the idea of what my possible like objectives could be were just so different. And then, yeah, it's been the most insane year. Um, and it's such a unique <laughs> experience. It's hard to like, um, there are a few people that I can like kind of, look to and think you actually get what's going on but um yeah it's a very bizarre time it's been it's been it's been fun but yeah mainly bizarre and silly it's a really interesting point when you say you know what does success look like because you know when you posted complex and put away your phone and that next morning and you know i mean i hope you're not bored about talking about this i imagine 
you wake up and like your, your phone's lit up like a fucking Christmas tree. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was the overnight thing, wasn't it? I mean, when, 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 when people were sharing that on TikTok and all these celebrities and all these, these huge artists were sharing it, at that time, did that feel like success? Do you remember exactly what you felt in that moment? Yeah, I think that it was it was hugely exciting. It was like kind of, it was all the unknown at this point. It was like, what is going on? But I was really enjoying it. It was really exciting. It felt like, yeah, it felt so affirming and so validating having these people that I followed for for years and that I looked up to, um, you know, coming and sharing, as you say, and stuff. So, like, I mean, it felt amazing. And also, like, the possibilities of what were going to happen, I just, yeah, I mean, I just didn't know what was going on. So it was like, it was just like a whole world opened up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and like that is that is the most intense period that that has been. Um, like it's it's not like that all the time now. But I mean now I'm just kind of like, yeah, it's like recalibrating and adjusting to like that happened. It's not always gonna feel and look exactly like that first couple of months felt and looked. But now it's like adjusting to the fact that it happened, adjusting to like what my life looks like now. And yeah, as you say, like what does success look like to me now? And I, and it's it's a question that I still you know, think about a lot. And um, because when you, I mean, I, I was in like, a, as an independent artist who was like, I mean, I was doing well, but, but like in a kind of like tra- traditional trajectory, slowly but surely kind of thing. Like I was mm-hmm. I think just like the week before I had my first Radio 1 play and I had my first like Spotify playlist. So I was like, those moments I felt so like, like it just, they just, I, I really felt them, you know? And then I think now it's like, the idea of, I mean, about 10 to 15 years worth of, of you know, unfathomable process, um, progress happened within like three weeks last August. Mm. So it's like mm. all these things that if they'd happened over a decade, I would have been pretty chuffed anyway. But they'd, <laughs> yeah. happen, they'd happened in like a few weeks. And, and I think that I was just like, I mean, yeah, I was spoiled obviously, but now it's like, yeah, it's just adjusting to, to um what does success look like post having something like that happen to you and it's a very different thing and and I think that I kind of was forced to or decided that the only way that I could really like control and measure success in a way that would be fulfilling is to look to kind of go back into a very um kind of intrinsic and creative version of success so like Mm -hmm. just kind of I think I've just tried to recenter upon what actually um what what fulfills me and that's the writing and so i try yeah. more to think about the kind of objective and 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 um measurable versions of success but they do they do creep up and i'm on a major label so it's an important part of it but also mm-hmm. i try to like have my own goals be more creative which is hard but that's kind of the main you know yeah and and that going you know remembering that idea that writing the songs being the creative going into your world you know where that like feels like that's your place that's the magic that's like that's the gold in it yeah and i think that it's it is harder now like without a doubt it's harder to look at something just for the process and look at it as um as creatively as it did before because i think there's so much more around it now you know, before it was really like, you know, kind of underdog, like writing, writing so many songs, writing every day and writing so much and, and improving kind of without anyone seeing it. And, and, 
and no one was really I had like a small listenership but no one was really watching and listening and now it's this kind of I'm very lucky to be where I am and like the the audience that I have because of complex I never thought I would have but it's obviously just an added pressure and it's like having to keep that purity and and that focus on on the writing is harder for sure yeah yeah when, when you released the the ep games i play and you you, re- you shared a couple of singles before then you said earlier that it was kind of a, a slow and steady and it was kind of like this is how people do it you know i think playing music and being in this world you know kind of for better or worse we are looking about what other people do and it's like is this the right way is this the right way it's going i mean still i think this is a big part about this conversation and 101 part-time jobs is about kind of having that self-belief and having that kind of, I don't know, that peace, <laughs> because there's not a lot of peace that goes into this, is there? Yeah, no, I think that like, it, there's like, there's such a, there's such a kind of um, contentment that comes from like, the, not the struggle, because it wasn't a struggle, but that comes from the fact that you're kind of like on the grind a bit. Like there's some sort of like contentment in the fact that it's all kind of, yet to come and yeah it's a few miles away you're, you're hustling yeah and like I was committed to the hustle I was committed to like you know I was like I'm probably gonna be I was gigging a lot for like you know my whole adult life whatever from the age of like 16 17 and like I was gigging a lot and I was like I'm gonna have to do after uni I'll be I'll have no money so I'll be in the back in the sports bars I'll be pubbing I'll be like you know gigging as much as possible releasing music and hopefully my kind of version of success then was like obviously people buying tickets and listening to the songs but also like my idea of success was like how long will it take for me to be able to get to a point where I'm not working as a barista or not working in pubs Mm. before before I can do this full-time so it was like it was that was kind of where I was and that was my mindset it was like it's gonna take probably years before I'm at that point where it's like my full-time job do you remember what that felt Did, did that feel like a weight on your shoulders I loved it I loved it. Like, I, I think that also I was at the start of it and I was like, I'm sure that if you'd asked, if that had been the case and that had happened, like, and then five years later, if you asked me, I'd be like, fuck this. But I, I was still at uni and I was like, I mean, I loved what I studied. So it's like, also that helps. But what uh, did you it, study? Sorry. I did, I did history, but mainly, uh, maybe so mainly Soviet era. And then, um, nice. yeah, so it was, I, I loved what I was studying, but, but it was never like the career. It was always like the kind of just like the, the passion. And yeah. then, and then, but yeah, I, I think I loved it. I loved the idea of like, or I loved the feeling of, you know, being a bit of an underdog and kind of like, no one knows that I, you know, mm-hmm. what, the, what the what the potential is here. Um, and neither do I, but we're just going to have to like fight for it. So you worked at Perk, the coffee shop. Yeah. How... How were you there? Were you were you a good barista? Any any complaints about your coffee? I'm projecting. When I worked at a coffee shop, I had so much. I had so many complaints about mine. What was wrong with your coffee? Burn bad. Burn. That's the worst. Yeah. To be fair, burnt burnt milk is never is never good. I I did um a lot. I did quite a bit of the donut baking. So I was like working. Oh. It was like a donut and coffee shop. So I was like baking donuts and making coffee and. It's a good life. Probably like ate more. I haven't eaten a donut since. Like I haven't eaten a donut since leaving Perk because I was eating like a warm, 
a warm cinnamon sugar ring every morning for breakfast kind of thing so it's it's so delicious but like i could never do it now like now the idea of it's kind of like no i can't but um but yeah i think i was a hopefully a good barista by the time i left i was good i think the first couple of years i was probably a bit you know a bit shite but then i by the time i left i'd been there for five years no it's five, wow. four, years, four years since it opened so i think it was four years and you need to get you need time to get good at those things. And this isn't even a tenuous link, but like it's same with music as well, right? It takes like time to nurture, to get all right at things and learn to find out who you are and like equally try and push forward yeah. with it and, and, and keep on making better and better stuff all the time. Um, and it makes me think, you know, in that world of, you know, if coffee shops, I feel like when we, when I go into a coffee shop, like one out of four people is a creative or they're playing music yeah or like an actor or something i feel like there's always like yeah most most people that i know in london that are and also back home in edinburgh inverness glasgow like most people that i know that are doing what i what i do or working in a pub or working in a coffee shop so it's like a gold mine it's like you should just go they must just go in there and just like <laughs> put a microphone on people but um i'm quite glad that when you said like the thing about like takes a while to kind of get better and to hone it and stuff i'm glad that i was able to do that in the in kind of private and not do it like if complex had happened and that was my first song that i'd that i'd you know thought about releasing like i would i'm i would be in a very different place and i feel like i'd be a bit more vulnerable but um Mm -hmm. i think i was lucky to have a few like like four years five years whatever under my belt of of releasing and 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 gigging and stuff so um yeah yeah it's a, i'm yeah. Quite, i'm quite lucky that that was the case because growing up in public is not easy i'm, all, I'm already kind of growing in public now after complex but i can't imagine what that would be like if i hadn't had that foundation and also as a songwriter like I, you improve so much in that period of time um mm. um yeah so it's like i'm quite I, I would never change anything i'm very happy that like there was and and i would have done as i said i would have done longer in the in the coffee shop you know everyone's on like this, this this like journey of growth i know that sounds quite earnest and like real but it's true you know everyone's kind of working out what makes sense to them what what they want to sound like what they want to look like what their vibe is what their kind of personality is is over the last year you know you talked earlier about you know getting back to the writing and kind of going kind of looking inwardsly again look you know looking like okay what what's the magic and the magic is starts with the music at the very you know starts mm. with the music um what's the last year looks like for you you mentioned living in london was was that a move was that part of it yeah i moved to london i was kind of here most of the time from august when complex happened um and then i moved to london properly in january uh, i'm in north london and and yeah i mean like it's been a crazy year i think a lot of this year has been dealing with the last few months of last year i think it's been like just readjusting and 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 it with the help of a great team around me at the label and my manager and stuff with with the help of them kind of looking at yeah just try, trying to recalibrate and trying to kind of um just yeah, just always keeping in mind like what are what does it all look like now? What's the goal now? What's the who am I now? Um, yeah. And it's a there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of big <laughs> questions and and like it's a weird. I never had I didn't really have any self doubt before before complex, but now it's like 
it's just a very different thing. <laughs> and yeah. um yeah. well guess- it's going to be expected because it's because it is, you know, it's like it's drafting up for the first team. It's the yeah. It's like okay, this is this is this is my main thing now, you know, got to yeah. look after it and protect it. Yeah, there was like there was no one kind of when there aren't many people listening you, and there isn't much pressure like it was only me putting the pressure on myself it was only like um and it still mainly is me but now there genuinely is an audience and there genuinely are like yeah. you know things to think about and things at stake i don't know it, there, it's just like yeah as you say when you do kind of get that call or like when you when you have to step up like that's when the self-doubt creeps in um and the only thing that like really makes me feel better is like working on the music and and trying to trying to write better and better songs and trying to make music that sounds better and stuff but it's um yeah it's it's hard because it's like you suddenly you have people listening and you're like oh shit i'm kidding like i wasn't i never said i was good i i you know i have (laughs) one song or whatever but it's um (laughs) it's a very bizarre process that's that's kind of been what the last year has been but it's also been being in the studio i've been in the studio the first kind of half of this year was like I was in there making music and mm-hmm. I've been, you know, festival season kind of for the first time properly. Yeah, awesome. Different places in Europe and, and doing quite a few in the UK and stuff. So it's just been like, it's been busy, but not like I probably did more in the last couple of months of last year than I have in the whole year this year because I, I wouldn't have, um, I wouldn't have. I, can't, I couldn't do that again. That's fucking madness. <laughs> have you, have you, I think you touched it earlier. You think, I think you mentioned it earlier, but having people around you that you can ask for advice and, you know, trust and think yeah. like, uh, what, you know, we all have like uh, moments of being like, is this a mad thought? Should I do this? Should I not do that? Have you got people around you that you can, artists or musicians or friends who, you know, you can rely on like that. You can lean on like that. Yeah, for sure. I think that, um, obviously the team is just like, I've got a very, I've just got a great team. Like I've, I'm very fortunate in that, um, you know, I got people on board who just like are so down to earth and so supportive and they still, we know each other so well now and they know what I'm like now and they know, you know, how to, how to deal with me. But then also just like great friends and, and musicians and a lot of my friends down here are in the industry. And also it's nice to see people who aren't in the industry as well. Like I think that mm-hmm. it's, um, quite refreshing to to um have some perspective because we we cannot we don't have perspective like we it's it is just songs and and but it's obviously um it's to us it's our whole life so it's quite it's quite nice to chat to people that aren't in industry as well but um but yeah i've got just i'm very lucky got a great support network it's a it's been like a big time of self-reflection but also being able to talk about that to people that understand, especially people that have like had it happen to them um, mm-hmm. in some way. Mm-hmm. It's super, yeah, it's super interesting. And you're building your own world. You know, it makes me yeah. think when you say, you know, you're, you're, you're surrounded by like, music's the main thing. Music's yeah. the everyday. That's fucking cool. Yeah. I think that like for me, it was, it's this, uh, I think the, the main thing last year after Complex wasn't, wasn't really music, you know, like when, something that happens you're not really making music all the time after that you know you're it's everything else that's happening it's like right. businessy stuff and 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 um it's it's you're so fortunate i mean like after complex it was like a whirlwind of like being able to you know sign with record labels kind of stuff but it took a while before i was like making music again 
And it's mm-hmm. like, it's such a, like, it's just such a grounding thing to like, get back in the studio and like, oh, this is what we're, I forgot what we were doing. Like, oh, this is actually what we're doing. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think that it's, um, it's, it is my whole, like, music is my whole life in so many ways. But I think this last year has been my main task, I think, coming to London, I th- not my main task, but coming to London, a big part of what I wanted to feel was that I had like a life around I mean, for me, London was just work, you know, because, but now I live here, I'm like, okay, what does my life look like here? Mm. Um, and that's the only way. Where do you hang that, out? And like, what do you want to do yeah. to have fun? It's like, yeah, where do you find like, yourself? It's like, what does, I mean, because I, I don't write about being in the studio, you know, I, I, I'm in the studio because of other stuff, because of life. So it was like, okay, I'm going to move down to London. What does, and then I was here and I was like, okay, what now? What, what do I, what is this place um, apart from work? And I think that a lot of this year has been dedicated to like, at least thinking about like trying to fill out my life here and it's it's you know it's going well but it's a very bizarre place <laughs> it is and I, I grew up in the suburbs and my parents are from harrow so they always worked in town all my aunts and uncles worked in town for like a, for it took me a, a while to find you know my road and find my area yeah. and find my friends yeah. really yeah. you know yeah i mean like it's it's there, there is so much to find here and there are so many amazing people and that stuff but it is just quite like a anonymous place until you find those like ways in um Mm. and i love where i live i live around i mean live in north london and and i love i love like people that are around me and stuff but yeah it's such a vast place and Mm. um i'm still getting the hang of it but it's it's not been as it's not been as arduous as I thought it would be to try and find my fooing, which is good. London in the summer is a, a, oh, is the best time. It's transformative. I've loved it so much. I mean, like right now, maybe not right now because it's like just mm. grey and very muggy. But the last like couple of weeks have just been lovely. But yeah, it does it does transform the city for sure. Big Red is the EP that's you know just about to come out. What was that? You know, do you remember the the first steps, like the first song you wrote for it? What was the first song you wrote for it? Yeah, I wrote um, without knowing, obviously, that it was going to be the first song for a project. I wrote um, Your Ex, which was the first single. Yeah, such a tune. Yeah, I think when I, well, when I first wrote it, it was like a literally a piss take. Like I thought it was funny. Um, it was like the last song in a session in which we wrote like a few different songs with um, writers called TMS, and um, they were like they were like playing along with a beat, and I was like I'm quite lyric focused, so I'm like all about like sitting in the corner and like thinking about the words. Um, and so like I it was like the end of the day I was quite everyone's quite delirious and I like penned this the up until the last um uh, up until the last post the first post chorus um but obviously the first like the first half of the song I still think is like a bit of a joke like it's just a bit of a piss take and so I came up with that and the next day we 
and we kind of bounced them out and listened to them at home and stuff. And then I came out the next day and I was like, why is the why is the joke one the best one that we did? <laughs> joke in the way that it kind of, I'm thinking about it now. The first thing I thought about it, well, I was like, this is brilliant. You're really like setting the scene. The first four lines is like, I'm this person, you're that person. This yeah. is where we are. This is the scenario. That's a well Taylor Swift, maybe Avril Lavigne well, yeah, kind I, of... I, yeah, I think when I wrote it, I was like, the syntax of this is really funny. Like, Sarah the Merchant. It was very, like, it's like Yoda-esque. It's like, talking to her ex-man. Her ex-man was you, short blonde hair. Like, the girl just sang, the girl just sang was me. Like, it just, for me, that's not the kind of way I usually write lyrics. So I was like, this is quite funny. And then going into the the chorus, the pre-chorus, whatever it is, and it's like, I'm talking about, like, I'm just talking about, like, you know, I mean, even if, if she bought your t-shirt and they ended up on your floor that for me i was like that was fun it's funny it's all just a joke mm-hmm. and then like they gave her head to state bird and stuff um and it was just like it was very much like a delirium at the end of the day but then yeah the next day we were like that was actually the best one and then and then i wrote the 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 first song in the ep which is called september i wrote that the next day wow that was like a big week of writing i think i wrote like four songs which will come out so it's like um nice it was a crazy not not all on this project but um but yeah it was it was a crazy couple of days and then i think i wrote the next one would have been in the new year i wrote like guest list and and um the rest of the songs and and so it kind of it's not in chronological order but it, it felt like the order that um your ex felt like it's the last song on the ep and it felt a bit like a, a wanky word but it felt a bit like an epilogue Talking about the place that you're in there, which is, you know, in the kind of gig environment, you say, you know, been playing gigs since you were 16, 17, all the, all the time. Is it, is it, is it a lot of that, a lot of music is social. So are those kind of, those kinds of lyrics, they kind of set in that, in that place, in that, in, in, in those venues, in those bars? Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, I think a lot of my songs and even like the fact that the EP is like based on a pub, like, I mean, a lot of my of the the themes and narratives and stuff that I write about are like yeah from that kind of space but um it's also just like dating a musician it kind of comes up quite a lot I've definitely referenced a few guitars and stuff in my songs um but yeah I I in terms of lyrics I mean I think that the best ones for me are like I don't really they aren't super conscious and they aren't super like um kind of not, I'm not very methodical. It is kind of very much like what 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 comes out is is what I try to keep it as. Uh, and there are some songs that come out as like poems, and I'll like write, and I'll be a bit, bit more tinkering involved and stuff. But um, but yeah, it's a lot of it is like if the time, the space, and time is right, and it should just like happen naturally. But yeah. but um, it's kind of harder now because it's now like it's like a it's like a job job now you know what i mean so before it was like a, the way that i kind of procrastinated from writing essays and now it's like um a bit more thought about you know i should be writing right now and then it's kind of mm. harder to get because it's such a natural such like a spontaneous thing for me it, it can't be forced and so yeah. therefore i find it a bit more like challenging sometimes but yeah i think that um there are certain i mean hang, hangovers are great for writing I would say like there are certain moods that I'm in after therapy sessions are great for writing. There's just certain like moments I can like, you know, kind of guarantee a sweet spot, but generally it's spontaneous combustion kind of thing. (laughs) Is there a set time when it gets to like nine or 10 in the evening, you're like, I'm putting this down. Do you do that? I think that 
I don't actually. I think that like for me, as I said, it's so spontaneous and a lot of the time the late night kind of thing helps me, you know, getting into that kind of like solo space. Um, I mean, now I've got a boyfriend that I spend too much time with him and I need to spend more time alone to to write in the evenings but now I'm like mm. having like nice evenings and like watching The Apprentice and stuff so it's like not the same kind of like emo emotional like by the lamp by the candlelight like writing at like 11pm yeah. but I that is kind of where it works best when it's like a late night thing and you're like you know kind of in your coven um, but, I'm but yeah you. <laughs> I wrote the most when I lived alone. When I was 18, I moved yeah. down to Brighton and I did a, a little journalist course and lived in just a, a bedsit, you know, one of those ones where it's a shared toilet with a bunch of strangers that you don't know who are yeah. twice your age. Like, And I wrote so much. And mm-hmm. after that, my friends lived in this big party house in Peckham. And I was like, yes, I can't wait to just like go wild, spend my 20s wilding out. I didn't write hardly anything there you know and, and I look back and I'm like oh I should have been you know I should have re- I, I, when I lived alone like it, writing and being creative was like a product of being lonely yeah that's what it is I did the same thing at uni like when I was at uni in first year of uni I was obviously in like halls and I was like I didn't really like first year of uni and I was a bit like depressed and I was a bit like yeah I mean you're always kind of going to be isolated in the first year of uni anyway but that I wrote like hundreds of songs in that room with just my guitar like tiny guitar and like tiny room and and like wrote like hundreds of songs um and like yeah you can't really I can't write too much when I'm having too much fun all the time do you know what I mean it's like Mm. I've definitely I mean this summer I've been like having way too many like just lovely lovely you know beer garden evenings that's not very like (laughs) it doesn't really get you into the space but also I tried to I always have this argument my A&R I'm always saying that um you know, I'm too, like, I'm worried about being too happy. I'm worried about having too much peace in my life. And he's like, you can, you're, <laughs> he's like, that's the myth. He's like, he, you can still write a lot even if you're happy. And I was like, fucking prove it then because I'm not, where's the, <laughs> where's the product? But yeah. I, I hope it is a myth because I don't want anyone to be depressed and like think that they have to be depressed to, no. to write a good song. You know, you, you want to, like, and that's part of it. Again, like part of this is like, what, I, what I'm interested in is then 101 part-time jobs is like the sustainability of it all. Yeah. You know, you want to be 45, 55, 65 writing songs. Redefining what songwriting is to you and like, not redefining it, but just, I mean, like writing about, for me, it's like recently I've just tried to write, write about different things, different angles. I think for a while writing was pretty much exclusively for me processing and and kind of almost like journaling like shitty romantic situations um and that wasn't like a conscious thing where I was like in order to appeal to teenage girls I must do this it wasn't like that it was just like that was what came out naturally and and it was the way I wrote best as well because it was like I didn't say these things to people and I didn't I'm not a very confrontational person um and so it was like a diary and it still is but I mean as I get older I'm not I'm not in I'm say say I get older I'm only like I'm only 22 but like even just like maturing beyond being Mm. 18 19 20 and like no longer getting into those situations and now I'm like okay I'm making choices that are a bit too good for me and then and and like I'm 
I'm, I think that I'm getting towards being healed from these things. And it's, um, there's always little bits though. There's always bits you can pick out. But I mean, like generally I feel like these aren't like big clouds over my everyday anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's definitely a bit of a fear of like, okay, what do I have to say now? Because before I wasn't thinking about what I had to say. I was just talking about things that happened to me. Um, and so it's like, there's always new there's always new experiences to write about, but I definitely have those like moments where I'm like, I, I just kind of want someone to fuck me over really minor in a really minor way, just really one time. And I'll, I want to be over it in a week, but I want to <laughs> have a really strong week of writing. But the thing with the big red EP was like, that was a very pleasant situation ship esque relationship. And it was like, and it ended and it was, but it was just very like prolific time. I was just like, I think that when I'm in something, I can like, get a microscope and I will like Mm. pull out every little like micro emotion in every little situation and be able to like dissect it into like multiple songs you know but so Mm. it works for me being inspired like that but um it's it's always a bit of a fear you know being too (laughs) I think it'll always it'll always be there I think my my mum writes books and I'm sure you know she's she said in our in our lives like throughout all my me and my siblings lives she's like you know i need to keep on doing stuff to find what i'm writing about and yeah. speaking about jobs she got uh when my parents broke up she got a job at a high security prison wow. teaching them to write and and that was huge for her and it was like scary and it was like gnarly you know she'd yeah. come home and be like this this like, this is this is scary surreal shit but she was like that that kind of changed her life because that and then after that she kind of became a sort of a crime author you know yeah. and I mean, are you are you reading a lot? You mentioned reading Soviet stuff at uni. I, I, I mean, it makes you know, books. Books are a huge. I think one of the amazing things about books and fiction is that sometimes you can read something and you're like, "Oh, that's how I feel." Like, and yeah. then all of a sudden you start extrapolating this stuff from within yourself yeah. with the help of this book. I think the two things do that for me, and it's like write. It's like journaling and reading. It's like the kind of sometimes you need to like just let yourself write something as in a narrative form and then you have to be like oh that's why I was feeling but like instead of like thinking about it as poetry all the time sometimes I'll just mm-hmm. like journal for like an hour and just see what mm-hmm. comes out and then I'll I'll pick even the EP some songs in the EP were inspired or based on words or senses I wrote in my journal but then also reading yeah I feel like I like literally was on like a <laughs> this, I need to read way more basically is what I'm gonna say but I after uni I was like right I can't read any more words like I can't read any more words for a wee while now because I obviously you can imagine like studying history um and it's English a lot. <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of going on um but I think that fiction is like I haven't I haven't delved into fiction enough and like that's my kind of one of my big things for this year I wanting to because as you say, like, it's, like, you can definitely, like, find find bits of yourself and bits of, like, things you want to say in stories that aren't yours. And, and I'd like to do that more, do more of that. I didn't, I can't lie, I didn't get a ton of introspection or reflection um, or inspiration from reading about the Politburo or reading about the... <laughs> MKVD it just didn't it just didn't give me that like you know the reflection but I but I reckon if I got a job with Hollywood Histories I'd be fucking sorted do you know what I mean so <laughs> big time <laughs> what does Big Red mean Big Red is a pub in Holloway Road Holloway Road so yes, it's like, the one that's open really late yeah, yeah. damn I, I, I can taste the tequila 
Oh, I'm and the bad pool five, games. Yeah, pool. It's um, we actually filmed all the lyric videos for the EP in that. I was there. Nice in that pub, and every single one is. It's just me getting more, more and more drunk as the as the day goes on, and it was real. It's kind of a bit too real, and um, the yeah, the whole pub is based on that because it was like the first place that I went for like a drink with this guy um that the whole ep is about um which sounds quite obsessive and i am aware but um basically i there's a line in the first song which mentions the pub and i was kind of like trying to think of ep titles or like potential um yeah just kind of potentially looking at the project and 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 before it was a thing really and i kind of saw i kind of read the big red line and i was like what if it was all just set in this one pub um because it was a very short kind of like intense relationship. So I was like, the idea of it being over one night is not that, you know, it's not that uh, ludicrous. So yeah, big round. Yeah, that's of the awesome. Pub. And like all the imagery is, is, is based in there. Um, all the, like the, the, the vinyl cover and the, everything it's all shot in the big red. Ace. And it's uh, for listeners, for us, it's like, it's a real thing. It, it makes the songs really yes. kind of live and breathe. It's very real. And like, I quite love like building a world around a project. And like, for me, obviously these songs are like, it's just a story of things that happened in my life. And this whole project is one, literally just one person, one story. So it's yeah. like, it made sense for me to kind of have it feel really like, have it feel really truthful and like buy the book. Cause it was, um yeah, it was, it was, it was all one thing, but I, I love when that when I feel like I with an album or or a, or an EP even but um I love when it feels like you're kind of stepping into like a whole world that's been really thought out or very cohesive um and even though it's just an EP I kind of wanted to I had the opportunity to do that because it was just one narrative mm. so I had a kind of a, a, a yeah I had a very like prime chance to like build a world around it so yeah and stepping into that world it feels like it feels like you got a friend you know when you love a record or discover a record that you love you're like oh the record is your friend you know and, and you're there you're hanging out with them like you know we're we're there with you you know yeah yeah it feels like this is kind of the ep is just like going through um just kind of like yeah going through each little part of the situation with me it's like i was it's really just a comment it's just like a running commentary throughout the whole thing it's quite a short relationship and and as i said before like it's kind of very much uh okay let's let's zoom in and and uh hmm. and pick this this facet of it or let's zoom in and pick this emotion and and write a whole song about that so there's like a dedicate a whole dedicated song to like the breakup phone call there's like a whole there's a whole dedicated song to like the moment that i realized i kind of might want to be with this person properly there's like a whole moment based on seeing his ex in the merch stand like these are all like zoomed in like minuscule moments that are kind mm -hmm. of like yeah this running kind of commentary Katie, thanks so much for being up for this. I appreciate the time. You know, it's the... Oh, thank you so much. I like to end these asking with some work fails, work gaffes. I mentioned earlier that I'm, I was never, I was never good at very good at making coffee. I was not good behind <laughs> the bar. I was smashing a lot of glasses, quite good at pouring pints. Never got complaints there. So I like hearing those kinds of stories of work 
kind of fuck ups. And this is absolutely not like, I mean, I, it's not, a, this is not a fuck up. This is an awesome thing to have happened. Were labels turning up at Perk when you were working there? Yeah, they were actually. I am. Um, it was to be, I think that some of the press got the idea that they had completely spontaneously flown to London to, to scout me at my coffee shop, which is not the case, but they, there were like a, there's a day full of meetings with, all the different major labels and, and other labels all on this one day scheduled for in person. Obviously we made them fly to Inverness because we were like, I'm not going to fly to London and be all in your territory. You know, you have to come to me. And so it was like this um, day full of record label meetings. But I went to the coffee shop perk that I worked in for years. I went there to just to put my head in and I looked around and I, you can just, you can spot an A&R from a mile away. Like I literally, each table I was like, they were looking at me a wee bit and I was like, this is the fucking record label, isn't it? So it was like three different labels in this. It's a tiny shop. It's like, it's like literally it can fit three tables in it. So it was like looking around. I was like, Oh, so all everyone here is an A&R trying to sign me. It's quite fun. Um, <laughs> they came and, looking for you. They came sniffing. Yeah. And obviously there's like, there's like one flight up in the morning to Inverness from London. So everyone is on the same flight, like <laughs> having that moment. And it was just very surreal walking in and being, I think I cleared their tables as well. Cause I think I felt this kind of like obligation to like help my friends out because they were like, yeah, ha- having to serve these A&Rs all morning, um, which is a, which is a horrible experience for anyone. But um, yeah, I, I was, um, yeah, I didn't expect that. I walked in, obviously like press and stuff coming into the shop when I was working, early on in the in the kind of period of time when we weren't really talking to press because I was like what why would I have to talk to press and then yeah people were coming in trying to get photos and stuff and then we told everyone at Perk don't no one talk to the press until the PR team is like involved and then of course the next day I've got like my co-worker in front of this in front of the shop like (laughs) in the papers I was like girl you had one job (laughs) <laughs> she was chatting to everyone yeah she was like we're really proud of her i was like Shh, you have to just keep it quiet <laughs> i love it though i love it it was such a crazy experience no one knew what was going on to be fair so it's like i don't blame her brilliant <laughs> brilliant so have you um when i, when I talk about work gaffes work fails does does anything come to mind there do any <laughs> any stories just, have you been a pretty good worker you strike me as someone who is a responsible worker responsible but i'm like the most distractible and distracting person try to work with i mean when i worked at a, re- at a restaurant from the age of 16 i made so many me- messes and and probably was like the cause of many issues and also just used to chat too much i'm just i just used to chat from scotland so it was like not not a good workplace um kind of addition but yeah i think that i've just made way too many fuck-ups as a barista and a waitress in my time to even it's like you know it's like the classic thing i mean try to think of like there's just i used to be kind of shit at making flat whites so that was just a daily occurrence i guess but it's um, hard there's it's hard stuff. Hard one, and then I now it's like it's second nature. But before it was like this is literally like rocket science. But um, no, I used to fuck up every day in hospitality. It's so hard. You kind of have to every day in hospitality. It's impossible not to. You learn the hard way. That's how you. That's how you learn. Yeah, and I'm also just like I'm extremely forgetful person, and and that's not a good trait to have as a waitress, like a fine dining establishment. I'm just like, oh, you didn't get your any of the anything <laughs> an hour ago yeah, I didn't notice <laughs> yeah. hey it's Katie thanks so much it's thank been loads of fun so cheers for this have the best day thank you so much
Yeah, you too. Cheers. So there was Katie Gregson-McLeod here on 101 Part-Time Jobs. Her new EP, Big Red, is out today. Go and listen to it. Go and order it. Go to Big Red. You can feel it. You're able to do that. You can step into the bar and you can feel those tunes. What a special thing. Thanks again for listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs. Please feel free to subscribe, leave a rating or a review. And I'll see you in the next couple of weeks with Buck Meek from Big Thief, Jack from Bombay Bicycle Club, Jelani Blackman, uh, who else? Pip Blom. Yeah, loads of great guests. So tune in. See you soon. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.